I think we just need to sit on that thought for a mo- just a moment longer, that God loves you. I think some people in this room really need to hear that. I don't know how, uh, it doesn't matter how long you've been in the faith or if today is your first day in here. There's many of us, we find our identity in so many things. <laughs> and it just is fleeting. We, we try to achieve, achieve, achieve. And then it, that, uh, that starts to fade away. We try to be strong and strong and strong. And then there's moments we're so weak. And God is like, your identity is found in me. And it starts from knowing that I love you from the youth, from the youngest person in here, from those who feel so far from God. You are not far from God. He is right here next to you. Just just receive. Just, Just take a moment. Breathe it in. The very air that you're breathing into your lungs is God's love for you. The very person that's right next to you is God's love for you. The very life you have right now is God's love for you. And we can even either embrace the moment or we can try to find ourselves and we'll never find ourselves. We've tried. Lord, you love us. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Just bow your heads for a moment. If you're in this room and you're struggling with being loved, and you just want, man, you're just struggling. And you just want to be honest with somebody because you're struggling. That's you. Just raise your hands. I'm just struggling with being loved today. Yeah. I think it's all over the place. It doesn't matter. God, I pray for every hand and every non-hand that went up, Lord God. Sometimes we're trying to earn our way to be loved, to be looked upon, Lord God. But I pray the overwhelming love of God to fill, Lord God, people's hearts, Lord God. Holy Spirit, Lord God, to speak to our spirit today. Let us know, Lord God, for you so loved us, Lord God. You gave your only, your very best, Lord God. And that whoever would pursue and believe, Lord God, in you, Lord God. We would live the life full of your love, full of your contentment, the eternal life that you have promised us now, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that that would happen today in so many lives, Lord God, right here in this room and those who are listening, Lord God, that you would break down every fear barrier, that we would truly see you for who you are, Abba Father, our Dad, the Father that loves us, the God that loves us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. Please be seated. Greet the person next to you. Tell them hello. Nice outfit. I don't know what God wants to do today, but he definitely wants to speak to many of us. I pray that we just have an open heart. Man, be, be in the moment. You're in, you're in this room. You're alive. You're breathing. God is good. God is good, right? I know it's Super Bowl Sunday. I know some people are getting ready for their parties and doing their thing. And uh, many of you guys are praying for Tom Brady. I know. I know you want him to win another Super Bowl. 
That's right. Are a bunch of Rams fans here? Yeah, yeah. New Rams fans all to all this month, right? But just so grateful that we, we are here, man. We get to enjoy this moment and, uh, and hear about Jesus and have a moment with Jesus. At this time, I want to bring up Julie uh, to speak to you. talk to you guys a little bit um, about our life groups. Um, for those of you guys that have never had the opportunity to join a life group, um, I just can't express enough how important it is that we do this life together. Um, we say that all the time, and um, sometimes it's even kind of easy to think, yeah, everyone else should do life together, but they're not talking about me personally. And um, I've even come up here and said, like, man, hard times are going to come and you're going to need your life group. And when I said that, um, you know, I wasn't even going through something really hard. And this year, um, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of um, a major health situation that our daughter went through. And I can't explain to you how much our life groups came through for us. You know, when we were in the hospital and we didn't know what was going on, we immediately started texting our life groups just to pray for us. We didn't even tell them what was happening. We just said, just pray for us right now. And um, they did. And we've seen God um, answer so many of their prayers. And it's the people in your life group that um, bring the meals when you come home from the hospital. It's the people who show up and give you the hug that you need. And so if you're going through this life and you do not have um, a group of people who can really love you in the good times and the bad times, then I invite you to sign up. This is the last real week of sign up. So no more procrastinating. You have to do it this week. And it's so easy. Um, we had these brochures. Hopefully most of you have already gotten it. If you missed this brochure, we have a few more, but all of the information is on the Hill City website. It's on the app. All you have to do is text the leader and say, I'm coming. Um, maybe don't text John and Candace's life group. They're pretty full right now, but everybody else, you text them, say, I'm just coming. And we would welcome you guys to come to our homes. All the life groups this um, session are going to be on Friday nights at 6.30. So it's not like there's going to be one on this night. It, they're all the same. And all we're going to do is we're going to come together. We're going to eat food, which that's great. If any of you moms don't want to cook on a Friday night, then this is the perfect opportunity to get out of that. So come to our house. We're going to eat food. We're going to um, pray for each other, and we're going to talk about the sermons that John um, preaches. Um, he's going to write some questions, and we're just going to talk about it and be there for each other. Our life groups also serve together. Um, last session, our life group served at Urban Outreach. Other life groups collected um, hats and coats, and there's like a whole bunch of different things that the life groups done, have done in the past. Um, Paul's went to a nursing home. So we have opportunity to serve together, to eat together, and then we do something fun together. Um, so go ahead and make sure you sign up this week because they are starting this Friday, February 8th. Um, if that is a bad day for you, come the next week, but let your leader know that you're going to be coming so that we can plan for you. Um, the other opportunity that we have to um, just really bond is really for the ladies. So I'm sorry, men. You guys have to start planning your own retreats. Um, but the ladies are really good at this. And we're having our fourth annual women's retreat um, for IF, the IF conference. It's our best. It's definitely one of the highlights of our year. And it's going to be here at the gathering 
that you're generously letting us use this awesome facility. So because of that, the cost was able to go way down. It's only $35. Our family can't even eat at Chick-fil-A for $35. And this is going to include three meals and a lot of fun and great content from the If, if Gathering in Austin. So please make sure if you are a lady, it doesn't matter if you are 16 or 96, just sign up and come. And it's going to be an amazing time. Um, Monique is going to have registrations in the back. Feel free to register sooner rather than later so that we know how to prepare for the retreat. But it's just an amazing time. It's, it's the time where you go from, oh, that lady over there to, like, that lady is my sister. Like, I know her stuff. She knows my stuff, and I love her. So make sure, women, that you take advantage of this. We're going to be inviting the lovely ladies of the gathering and of the Korean church so that all of us sisters can be together. And it's just going to be an awesome time. So it's going to be on... Maybe it was, like, a subconscious, like... Sorry. You're not the only Korean I know. I know a couple other ones. Um, anyways, so make sure that you sign up for that. It's going to start on Friday, um, registration or getting here at 4, a, 4 p.m. And we're going to go until 9 or 10 or however long us ladies want to chat. Then we'll start back up in the morning and go all day. So make sure you mark your cal calendars for March 8th and 9th. Thank you. Give Julie a hand. As the guys are going to come forward, we're going to receive our offering. It's, it's really funny to say the word Korean church and be Korean. I, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of weird. Uh, we'll say the church after us, the worry church. Uh, but we're going to pray. And uh, I just want to thank you for your giving and know that your giving goes to run this, uh, uh, this place, the facility, everything that we do, the outreaches that we do, uh, everything that goes up on the website. Just think that this, uh, this place, like any other uh, organization, runs on your generous donations and giving and, and your tithing. And so we just thank you uh, for what you guys are, are doing. And I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this moment. And I just pray for the groups, Lord God. I just pray, Lord, it's so easy to not need people in the good times. But, Lord, we know storms are always coming. Storms are always ahead, Lord. And there's moments that we need each other, Lord God. I pray let us be not only proactive, Lord God, let us be proactive in getting into people's lives. If we're good, let us be good for those who are struggling, Lord God. Good for those who are going through it, Lord. I pray that we be the light of the world, Lord God, salt on this earth, Lord God, that we be the love of, of who you are, Lord God, because you have loved us first. We thank you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Good morning. If you are new to Hill City, my name is John, and uh, so glad to have you, so glad to have you. There's these little invite cards right in front of your seats. If you guys can take one and put it in your wallets, it says, you are invited. I, I forced my daughter to put those into the seats, and she said, again, again, yeah, that's your role, all right? Uh, but I just wanted to say that if each of us would invite just one person a week, we would invite over 10,000 people to this place in a year, 10,400 actually. And I was just thinking, just the simple act, a simple move of faith can make such a lifelong difference. And uh, so just uh, please grab those cards, put it in your wallet, and think of someone you could give that to. Uh, but super honored that you guys are here. I just think God is doing something interesting today. I, I hope that you can sense that too. Uh, so today we're starting a series called, it's called Being, Be Rich, How to Be Rich. 
It's awesome. It's a series inspired by a book written by Andy Stanley. And listen, I want Hill City to learn how to be rich, that God would teach us, move through us, and so that we can be rich. And here we go, right? Some, some uh, Korean pastor talking about our money, my money, John. That's what you're talking about. And, and I want you to listen to this all the way through before we move into any of that. Because I really believe that God wants our whole heart. That God is really wanting to do something through us. More than something to us, right? Because we're always like, oh, you're wanting to do something to me. No, I really believe there's something God, God desires to do through you. And it's going to be the best possible. See, I, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid... How many of you guys wanted to be rich? Anyone? Right? Everyone in this room, I think. Be honest, right? John, you're like, John, I still do. As a child, my primary goal was to be a crazy rich Asian, right? It was my primary goal. Uh, my favorite wrestler when I was a kid, and this is going to give my age, was the million-dollar man. I don't know. He was, it was Ted DiBiase. He would, put, he would lock in the million-dollar dream, and after he would defeat his opponents, he would have Virgil stick $100 bills in their mouth. And I was like, look at that. Look at that. Right? It was just really funny. That really, you're, you're like, anyone in the age of like 20 or less, they're like, who is that? Is that Donald Trump? Who is that? Right? Like, we, we were just, we're just, we're looking at this. And, and, and we're, as an immigrant son, just to be honest, we are, we are sold this American dream. You go to America, my parents are like, we are moving here because we can make, we can do something, right? We can start a business, we can achieve this American dream, be on cribs, drive fast cars, vacation on your yacht, wear a captain's hat and have a parrot if you'd like, right? You can go to this American dream. But what is rich? That's a big question. So I began to ask my rich friends who I thought were rich, and I said, how's it feel to be rich? And, and people were like, ah, oh, don't ask me this. But immediately they said, I'm not rich. So-and-so are rich. They have this, that, and the other thing. You should see their life. And it was interesting because it, their line keeps on moving. Where is the line, and this is a tr question for all of us, of being rich? Where is that line? Where is the rich line, right? When do you cross that line and finally feel like, I made it? I am rich now, right? When do you cross that line? Some of us in this room, we make more money than we've ever made before, but you don't feel rich, do you? Do you feel it? Or has the target kept moving, changing, evolving? And so uh, the Bible has a lot to say about this area. So I want to first say, put your big boy pants on, all right? Because we're going to go, and, uh, and this is not what John is saying. This is what Jesus is saying. This is what Paul is saying. This is what James is saying. This is what Solomon is saying. It's all over. So we're going to run into this in the next few weeks. So uh, if you have your Bibles, please go to 1 Timothy 6. We celebrate the Word of God. And uh, because the word of God reveals Jesus, and Jesus changes our lives. So here is Paul in 1 Timothy. He's speaking to his apprentice, his, his the younger uh, apprentice pastor, Timothy. And there's a lot of issues arising in the church of Ephesus. This is a new church plan. And, and, and the, Paul is trying to teach Timothy, what does it look like to follow Jesus fully? Because the true proof of new life or evidence that we are following Christ is a sh life shaped by Jesus. And if Jesus came to restore all things, that's what he says. He came to restore all things, defeating sin and the separation from God, setting people free from anger, addiction, lust, pornography, depression, selfishness, and unforgiveness. 
And he's doing that. You know why? Because we can't do it on our own. So some of us, oh, what do you mean he's doing that? He's doing that. Some of us, we're in this room today because we have tried and tried and tried to clean ourselves and make ourselves. And we're in this room and we might look together on the outside, but there's some defeating things going in on the inside. And we need someone above ourselves to set ourselves, our hearts free. And it's Jesus. It is. It's Christ. So on the cross, I want to tell you right from the beginning, Jesus paid our way. And in Christ, we have become a new creation. The old is gone. Uh, the, The old is gone. The new has come. And your soul is beginning to come alive. And as you walk with Christ, things begin to change. I know that my life, walking with Christ is very different than my life in the past. Chasing the dream. I call it the immigrant's dream when they call it the American dream. Right? We have, given a, we have been given, I'm speaking to the Christians in this room. Christians, we have been given a whole new purpose to join Jesus in what he's doing to bring life, hope, light in dark places to our city, to our neighborhoods, families, and those far from Jesus. You and I, Christians, have a mission. And here in 1 Timothy 6, Paul is beginning to speak directly to those who are getting lost in riches. And, and Christian's going to help me read 1 Timothy 6, uh, 6.10, and then we're going to go on. Here, Christian. Read it, read, read it with me. Read it for me. All right. Morning, everyone. So sorry. Um, there we go. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Or contentment, yes. For we brought nothing into this world. We can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich into temptation uh, or fall into temptation in a trap into many foolish and harm, harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Give him a hand. I'm trying to use new people, new faces. You're going to see new people up here because I believe, this, and I honestly believe this, if we are not setting up the next generation to know and lead their generation, we are doing a disservice to the next generation. That's called weak sauce. That's what I call it because we're scared that someone will take our spot. My, my goal is to lose my spot. I hope that I'm not here 10 years on this spot just being the same John for the same people. I hope I totally lose my thought, and I'm sitting in the back playing with the cameras, all right? I'm not saying you guys are playing. I'm just saying that's what I want to be doing. I want to be doing stuff that is different because I believe there is gifting in this room that is not being used, that's not being tapped into. There's some business people in this room that, uh, that uh, are awesome at doing business, and I'm telling you to put cards and chairs. That's not the only thing I want you to do. I want you to use your gifting and your heart and your desires and the God-given passions that God has given you because we, there's so many gifted leaders in this place, and if the church can be the church, Man, I believe we can make a radical impact on the person right next to us and in our neighborhoods. We're not, we don't need to look far. There is amazing people right here, right here. And then it continues. I, go, I jump to uh, verse uh, 17. It says, command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant. It's easy to be arrogant. Or put their hope in wealth, right? Which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So if you're rich, Paul is talking to you. 
He says, don't be arrogant. Don't put your hope in riches. He says, because it can be a trap. You, I know you worked hard. I know you invested well. You've been faithful, right? But you ultimately must recognize everything we have is a gift of God. Everything you have is a gift of God. There is no self-made person in here. I know we might think so. But God gave you the talent, the know-how, the parents that pushed you, or even the hardship that pushed you. Some of us have made it because of the hardship. We're like, I'm never going to be like that. God's like, I put some hardship in your life so it would push you out of even where you're at there. God has put the opportunities in front of you, your life, the very air you breathe all comes from God. So watch out because every blessing we don't turn back to praise has the potential to turn into pride. Think about that for a moment. And pride will cloud our judgment, doesn't it? That's the word hubris. And the word hubris is that you get so prideful that you don't even know that you're prideful anymore. And we can walk into that. And that's what success can do to us. When we're success for a season, we think that's going to be forever. But we all know it's not forever. It's not forever. Right when I get prideful, right? You just, you did. You want to come back to reality? I just talked to my wife. <laughs> She's like, John, what about this? I'm like, oh, yeah. I was getting, I was getting, I was getting a little big-headed. She'll call me out. I need that in my life because we can miss it. I need people in my life to correct me. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. So Paul is speaking to the people in this room, and he says the wealthy people in this room, and because he says, be rich in what matters most, and this, I speak this for your joy. Now I'm going to give you some Gallup studies. Gallup asked different people who made $30,000 a year, what is rich? And they said people who make $74,000 a year. Now that is rich. So Gallup also asked people who made $50,000 a year, and they said, what is rich to you? And they said $100,000, six figures. Now, if you make that, now you're rich, right? $100,000. Some of us in here, we have families, we have and we, we make $100,000, right? And we're like, well, that's not that rich because you have college, you have kids, you got to pay for sports, you got to pay for retirement, $100,000, that's not enough. So Gallup also asked those who made $200,000 a year. And they said, how much in assets do you need to be rich? And the average answer was $5 million. Then I would finally be rich. None of that $4 million stuff. Stop speaking it. That's poverty mentality, Right? That's four. Listen, the rich line is ever moving. You never feel rich. You don't. You never will feel it. You don't feel it. We're going to continue. And if you don't feel it, we'll continue to try to get rich when you are rich and be bad at being rich. You, you with me? So I'm going to give you good news and bad news here. I'm going to start with the good news. Good news. Put that up. The good news is you are rich, right? That's right. You are rich. You are every one of you today. Surprise. I even surprised myself. I said, oh, that's amazing, right? That's amazing. Listen, most people in this room, if you live in America, you have rich people opportunities. You get, you get education. You have access to sports. I just went to the hospital and got my arm redone because I couldn't stretch out my arm. And now I'm like, oh, all the mistakes I made by being stupid, I get to reverse that by going to the hospital. Now I have full access to my arm again, right? I just had surgery about three weeks weeks ago and now it's almost at full motion it's crazy I'm rich right I have access to surgeons to fix my arm many people do not they will walk with a hobble walk with their injury for the rest of their life we have robots that wash our cars for six dollars yeah that's right we can hire babysitters or afford electronic babysitters right that's the iPad right 
We're like, here, electronic babysitter, right? And we, can, we eat better than most kings did in the past. Think about this. We can go anywhere and eat whatever we want. Kings couldn't do that. Kings couldn't do that. Hey, we don't even have seasons for food. It's all, we're, we got full-on food any season of the year. We have rich people opportunities, and that's good news. we got to embrace it and recognize, first of all, it's a gift of God, that God has blessed us tremendously because if we believe it, we can begin to live rich in what matters most and stop chasing to get rich, which Paul is saying can be a trap for you. But John, you don't know me. I'm not rich. My apartment is small. My house is small. My car is breaking down, right? My battery's not working. I don't know if it's a cable. I don't know if it's a starter, right? You don't know. I I just ate Totino's pizza for dinner last night. You don't know me. I, I love Totino's pizza. I try not to eat that for dinner, right? But I get to choose to, right? You don't know the pressures I face, John. And I want to be sensitive. I know. And, and, but I don't want us to miss Because all of our lives, if we chase the wrong thing and hold on so tightly to the wrong thing and hoard, we can't let go of the gifts of God in our lives to make a difference when it matters most. When it matters most. And I, I'm, and this is not even out of pride. This is just out of, like, what, I'm a psycho, all right? There's moments, this, I've been studying this, this uh, uh, about riches and wealth and things throughout the Bible for several weeks now. And so I, I told you last week, I started collecting all my stuff. Like, I don't need this. I don't need that. And Canada's like, you need this. You wear this, <laughs> right? And so I, like, started to, like, put, store all my stuff away. I'm, I'm, like, getting rid of a ton of my stuff. I'm, 50% of my clothes I'm getting rid of. You know why? Because I barely ever wear it. I'm like, what am I doing? Anyone have an old cell phone in here that you, that's just sitting in your drawer, right? Probably worth several hundred dollars, but you're keeping it just in case you might need a couple pictures out of there instead of selling it or giving it to someone who might actually need it, right? What happens when you don't use it? I, and the funny part, we might have five old cell phones in our drawer, Right? Right? thousands of dollars worth of material that we're holding on to because when you don't use it, it begins to rot. It begins to be worthless. And we're, some of us, we're, if we don't think about it, right? We're, we're, we're just like, oh, it's just cell phones in the drawer. It's just clothes in the closet. But I wonder if we can start looking at our lives as if it is a gift from God and God wants to bless through you and instead of just bless you. Just for a moment, just for a moment. Here, I got something in my wallet here. What is this? Two bucks, right? Two bucks, right? Yeah, two dollars, yeah. No one's even picking it up. They're like, <laughs> they're like, it's two bucks, John. What am I going to do with two bucks? Over three billion people make less than two dollars a day. That's insane, right? We, we laugh at two bucks. But three billion people would have picked that up. Might have broke my leg, right? It's crazy how quickly we can be rich and, and lose it. Two dollars down. What are you talking about? Do you know that if you make $33,000 or more, you are the top 1% of the richest people in the world? Da-da-da. Right? Top 1% of the world. That's right. Do you know if you make more than $80,000, you are the top 0.1% of people in the world? 
0.1%. I'm rich. 90% of the world still doesn't own a car. I have two, John. I have two. Some of us have three. You're blessed, man. 95% of the world, they don't own a car. You might have three. And you say, they all are horrible cars, John. You don't understand, right? Millions of people still don't have access to running water. Drink that in. That's our reality. We saw it. When we were in Ethiopia and in Haiti, they drink out of little bags from trucks that they are getting, that these water monopolies are going around and overcharging these people who are poor for just regular water in a bag. We saw it. We saw it. Tell your neighbor you're rich. That's right. Now tell yourself you're rich. I think that's the person you really need to talk to. But that's the good news. But here's the bad news, y'all. Put it up. You're rich. (laughs) You're rich. This is one of the greatest spiritual disadvantages to your life. Jesus tells the story of a rich young ruler, and he wants to follow Jesus and ask, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus lovingly answers, go sell your possessions, give it to the poor, then come follow me. Note, this is the only time Jesus ever said this to someone. He said it one time, right? He is not against us having possessions, having good things, but he's boldly against those things owning us. And the problem with this guy is his possessions possessed him. It did. So Jesus, out of love for his eternal soul and my love for your eternal soul, I'm saying this. Like, be careful. Be careful. Luke 18, 24 to 25 says, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. That's a bold warning. And here's the problem being rich. First, write this down. It's harder for you to depend on God, isn't it? Right? You, you, you pray the Lord's Prayer, and you say, you, said, uh, you, you pray for daily bread. Well, you have five loaves of daily bread. <laughs> right? You're like, give us this day a uh, uh, really expensive steak. I don't know what you would ask for, but you wouldn't pray for daily bread in reality. Right? These people prayed for daily bread. Right? You have food in the fridge, gas in the car. We have health insurance. You got everything we need plus, and our stuff can really mask our happiness, can it? Right? Isn't that true? Our stuff starts to mask our happiness. Our position at work, we're like, I'm doing really good. Are you? Right? Are you? Are you rich in Christ? Are you, are you whole in Jesus? Right? When, we, when I was in Ethiopia, and many of us have been in Ethiopia, right? Depend on God different than us for food, for water, for heat, for education. Yet I look at them, and every time I come back home and I say, why are they happier than me? I'm American. Don't they know who I am? I should be happier than you. I have more stuff than you. I have a microwave. You don't even know what a microwave is. Right? You, I would think that I would be happier with the access that I have. But it's funny. They have nothing. This one lady, she was selling beans for a living, and she was so joyful and, and tearing up talking about Jesus. Just tearing up. I remember sitting in the room. I don't know if you were in the room with me. And she has AIDS. She's dying of AIDS. And she's providing this job. And she's so thankful 
that someone started a business for her and she's selling beans for a living and providing a job for her son that one day when she would pass away that she could give that business over to the next person. She's like, God is so good. When was the last time we saw what we had and we were tearing up in our hearts and we said, God is so good. Even in the hardest storms, thank you for providing for me, walking with me because you're preparing my son, my child. You were so good, God. Contentment. Joy, peace, trust in Jesus Christ, things we cannot buy. What if we're the ones missing it? Second, our wealth distracts us from true priorities. We have rich people distractions. We do the lake house for the summer, seasons, tickets to whatever. We do activities so much. We post things on Instagram, hashtag winning, hashtag goals, hashtag rich people opportunities. We don't hashtag that, right? Right? We do so much, yet why do so many of us still face this void of emptiness relationally that no one knows you? Because the same blessings can be a curse, distracting us from what matters most. Third, you have, greater, you have a greater responsibility. Read that with me. You have a greater responsibility. Jesus said, to whom much is given... Much is required. And he's speaking to us, you and me. Much is required from us. I really believe much is required from me. A lot of us, we're using what we have, our wealth, just on ourselves. And I'm, and I'm not telling you this. This is Jesus, Paul, telling you this. He says, command those who are rich to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and be willing to share that they may lay up treasures for themselves and have life that is truly life. I want to have life that is truly life. I desire you to have life. I, I double dog dare you to take Jesus up on what he's saying instead of doing it your way. We've done our way 10 years, 5 years, 20 years. And if, what if there's a better way where there's life that is truly life? There's more expected of us. I don't know what everyone believes about God, but as a Christian, listen, one day you will be face to face with God and he will ask you, what did you do with what I put in your hands? What did you do with what I put in your hands? If you don't believe me, read the book of James chapter 5. It talks about that just straight up. With the riches, your home, your connections, your gift, your business, the church I gave you. Our riches will be our shame if we miss our responsibility. Much is given. Much is required. Given more, more is required. Today, look to your Father in heaven. And you don't need to look any farther how God so loved us that he generously gave his one and only son. Look, I would give up everything for any of my kids. But God, so rich in heaven, he gives and he generously gives his one and only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but receive through the gift of the life and death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. Eternal, full, and true, abundant life. And I believe our extravagant generosity towards others is the most appropriate response to God's extravagant generosity towards us. Think about that for a moment. If there is air in your lungs, fire in your eyes, courage in your heart, be who God has called each man and woman in this room to be. Believe everything comes from God and you can trust him with your whole life. Now, here's the part I'm going to say, put your big boy pants on and big girl pants on, all right? 
Here's the truth about Hill City. There are things God has placed on my heart and your heart that we want to accomplish as a church, don't we? There's things, when you walk in here, there's things, there's things that you're like, we need to do this together, right? Last, last year, at the end of the year, we wanted to hire a part-time staff member so we could run the church better, reach more. And, 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 and we did this for a month, and we raised $3,000 for a part-time position in Colorado so we couldn't hire them. Just straight up. Just straight up. You still good with me? Right? God has blessed now bless us with this new location at the gathering, right? And we can do dinners here for the community. Just, just imagine in your mind's eye this place filled with those people all around here in the apartments who need connection, who are facing depression and anxiety. And we're like, we're here for you. Eat some ramen, right? <laughs> Whatever we're going to provide for them. But we can give them access to Jesus, the love of Christ right here. Support groups for those who are addicted, those going through depression and anxiety. Tutoring for kids, music lessons shelter for the homeless but without us moving together being generous together that is just a pipe dream just straight I'm just telling you straight I'm not trying to fake you out today these are the weights that I carry in my mind and I don't know if I should say it out loud or if I'm just talking to myself or if it's my fault or what what we do but I'm just asking us can we see our lives, wealth, and moment as an opportunity for eternity? Because that's what Jesus said. What if we would all move together? Think about that. And God moved through you and me and us. And marriages will restore addicted, set free, souls far from God saved. Men and women went on mission together to love our city and the lonely cared for. God, show us what you see and help us join you on what matters most. Let's stand. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. I'm not here to take an offering or anything like that. I think this is, that's not it. If, that, if you think that's what I'm trying to do, then we've missed it. I want us to think differently. What if, Together, we could change our city. This, this week alone, I have spoken to uh, five or six people in depression. It is going around like fire, folks. People who are suicidal. And that's what the world is facing today. That's what the church is facing today. And I, I don't want to be a part of someone's sad, sad story because I didn't say anything, right? And if you're in here and you're going through stuff and you feel so alone and you're trying to find this just hope in your heart, all I know is one thing. You have to go to Jesus. That's all I know. God loves you. And you need to get people around you. You do. You are not an island. God created us for community. Don't give five or ten excuses why you can't. Just tell God one reason why you should and why you can't. Maybe you're in here and money really has a hold of you. And this has no aspect of how much you make. You can, be in, you can make... Uh, little and still be greedy is all get out and hold on to everything 
I know that I can lean easily into that way. Maybe your wealth has become your identity and you have to make more to feel better about yourself. And then it's never enough because the line keeps on moving. Today, we can do nothing to set ourselves free. So I want to ask you, can you trust Jesus today? If you have been trying to fill yourself or to set yourself free and you're done with that, can I ask you, would you rather trust Jesus? You might be in this room, this is your first time hearing this, this Jesus thing, but you feel something inside of you that you know you have to go beyond yourself. And if you're in this room and you need to get right with God, maybe for the first time and you need Jesus in your, in your life, you want to start this relationship. There's no magic prayers, but there's one step forward in faith. If that's you, just raise your hand. I need to get right with God. I, I don't know exactly how to do that, but I need to take that one step of faith. John, can you help me? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every hand that was raised, Lord God. I pray let there be a beginning, a start to this journey, that they would go to the Welcome Center and they would ask, what do I do next? That they would get involved in a life group and that we would grow in discipleship there, that we would grow in discipleship and commitment to one another, Lord God. And for the rest of us, Lord God, I pray, let us join Jesus on the mission of what matters most today. We have a responsibility. And I pray that we want to live life that is truly life, life that Jesus talked about in John 10, 10, and that Paul talked about in 1 Timothy 6, 18, Lord God. Life that is truly life, Lord God. I pray for Hill City Church. I pray for everyone in this room, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you would do something right here, Lord God, in us, Lord God. And in our minds and our hearts, Lord God, and we would take one step. We would believe you over believing this line of rich that keeps on moving, Lord God. Lord, speak to our hearts even right now. What would you like us to do next, Lord God? Let us join in on what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Give God praise. Thank you for being here. Enjoy just the rest of your day. Pray for Tom Brady if you like him. Uh, but just thank you. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you guys.